Okay, babe, can you say it since I have no voice? Episode 129. Welcome to Biz Women Rock. This is your home for incredibly inspirational business stories from business women all over the world. I'm Katie Kremitzos, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, I'm talking to Donna Cravata, and her company is Social Sage PR. The company is this really unique blend of public relations, um, branding, and social media conversations, and she's just built something so tremendous. During this conversation, some of the major points to listen to are um, a moment in her life when she had to completely rebrand from what she was doing to what she's doing now, and she talks a little bit about what that really took, um, you know, the challenges that were there, and then ultimately the really great parts about that. And we get into the conversation a little bit more about how to really listen on social media and uh, some really great tactics on how to do that. Man, I'm messing all my words up here, sorry. And uh, this should really go in the uh, bloopers reel, but I'm gonna keep it in. So um, anyway, she really goes into really great tactics on how to truly listen on social media and how that's so powerful for engaging with clients, with potential clients, and just with um, you know people who are in your community. So it's a really great conversation. Uh, very brilliant woman and uh, has a tremendous story. So let's get rolling. Donna, what's going on? Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. All right, Miss New York. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm I'm flying up to New York here pretty soon for the holidays to be able to hang out with my uh, my in-laws in Long Island. You are on the northern end of the city. So, uh, yeah, I asked the, oh, you're from New York, right? Five seconds after hearing your accent. So it's pretty obvious. <laughs> um, yes, I give myself away. <laughs> <laughs> my husband still to this day thinks that he does not have a New York accent, even because he's been down here for like eight years now or something like that down in Florida. And uh, when we first met, I was I say, said something like, oh, my gosh, you got, you've got this like thick, heavy accent. And he's like, I don't have an accent anymore. I've gotten rid of it. And I'm like, oh, no, you haven't. <laughs> I own mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very smart. Um, I'm, I'm so, so grateful that you're here today. You have built such an amazing company with Social Sage PR. And um, and I really want to dig into, um, start off with a little bit of the background of who you were as a businesswoman before you started this company so we can really start digging into your current company. Okay. Um, I started working in major law firms when I was 18 years old. And I worked as, um, I started working in the word processing department, second shift. And, you know, I, I worked on um, celebrity wills. That was one of my specialties. <laughs> That's interesting. My, what's the most interesting that you, this thing that you've seen on a celebrity will? Oh, oh, um, well, um, Mrs. Rogers of Rogers and Hammerstein had, um, she had 116 revisions to her will. What? Wow. <laughs> Holy cow! Uh, so they, they I, back then you had to ribbon the wills, so you had to like you know work on them and then put a ribbon through them to tie them together. And I was, I was very good at ribboning wills. I had, oh I had a, a knack for that. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I started with that, and then I moved on to um, 
um, working as a secretary, and then I quickly moved into training secretaries from going uh, from working on like a, 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 a electric electric typewriter to word processors, um, and then I was um, a project manager. I worked in mergers and acquisitions. I continued doing corporate training for years after that, and um, when my son was about four years old. I was realizing that the kind of hours that I was working and being a single parent were not, they were not for the long term. Right. (laughs) It just wasn't going to work. So I started to look into different options, and I found the virtual assistance community, and this was back in 2005, and um, not very many people were doing it at the time, but I was like, well, if they could do this, I could do this, and I quit my very good job. (laughs) With no clients, I had a filing cabinet. I had some business cards and a bad website. Um, but I, I just said, well, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. And I just jumped right into it, and I had no idea what I was doing, but I figured it out, and I started getting clients. And then I got into social media, and God, I loved it. It was like they created it for the way my brain worked. And I quickly got over the whole virtual assistant thing, and I built a pretty successful social media management business. And then I had a client that needed me to do some PR for them. And I was like, I don't know how to do this. And she got me some training. And a couple of sessions into the training, the trainer said to me, well, I can't train you anymore. And I thought I did something wrong. And she said, well, you're better at this than I am. And I realized <laughs> while I was in the whole firm, I was a project manager that they kept putting into the marketing department. So I was doing press releases and media kits and interfacing with the media and managing all the different transactions for the firm and reporting them to the different um, legal and financial publications. And I was like, well, I guess I have like 10 years of PR experience under my belt that I didn't realize I had. No kidding. And I started combining um, the social media and the PR, and the client that I was doing this for, um, she's a hand model, and she has a line of anti-aging hand care products. And she had paid a PR firm in New York City thousands of dollars to get her into magazines, got her into every magazine, and she didn't sell anything. So I I was already doing her social media. I was a virtual assistant. I was managing her website. I was managing every other part of her business. And I'm not sure if you've ever met a hand model, but they don't really do anything. So I was doing a lot for her. (laughs) um, Over a period of eight months with no budget, we sold $100,000 worth of hand cream. Wow. Holy cow. I didn't realize what I was doing. Thing. I was I was just doing you know, and um, I what what I what, we started to kind of track back to see what we did and what we were doing. Well, we were we were tracking the hashtag um, dry hands, and at eleven o'clock at night, I would go into Hootsuite with my social media dashboard, and I would see who was complaining about their dry hands before they went to bed at night, and I'd say, Oh, I'm so sorry about your dry hands. Try our luxurious hand cream. Here's a twenty percent off coupon. And every night we sold a couple hundred dollars worth of hand cream. Wow, so very smart. She's been acquired. She's been on HSN like I think ten or twelve times, wow. and she's now being acquired again by an even bigger company. So um, that got me thinking. Well, you know, maybe I have something here, and I started applying it to other clients. And it worked every time. I had another client who was a sustainable food consultant, and he, you know, he didn't know what I was doing. I was managing his social media for years at this point, and he was calling me up. Oh, I got a call from the New York Times. Oh, that's interesting. I got a call from the White House. I got a call from Jamie. <laughs> And I'm like, hmm, I wonder what's happening here. <laughs> so eventually what happened was these were people that were not used to paying me what I deserved to be paid for the services I was bringing to them. 
and um, I had to close down my business and start over again. And I did that um, almost three years ago. Well, let's talk about and that a little bit because that's that's really interesting to me. So you had you know you started as this VA virtual assistant, kind of just taking care of what other whatever people were hiring you for. Really found a niche doing social media management, and and then you were like, okay, I found this combination that's really special. All of a sudden, I'm not doing social media management anymore, and you rebranded and like completely kind of had to go in a different direction. What actually happened in that transition? Because um, you know, there, I'm sure that there are people who are like, okay, I've built this business doing this, but I really love this over here, and I'm really good at it, and I see that I can really help a lot of people. How do you how do you make that transition? Like, did you did you have a, a like have to go through a complete rebrand with a name and logo and all that stuff? Like, how did that happen? It was really hard. First, I was trying to transition my business with all the with the business model I had set up. And, you know, I was, I was trying to bring on team members to help me with the management of the social media because I was wanting to grow in a bigger direction. And um, I was having such struggles around that. It wasn't working. And I was hiring qualified people. I was, you know, I was trying to do it right, but it just wasn't working. And it was really frustrating. And um, it wasn't working because you have to be involved with your social media. You can't just hand it to somebody else. It's your voice. You can't just say, you do this for me. You know, it's, it's the voice of your company. It's the voice of what you do. And through this whole process, I realized that the only way social media management works is if it's a collaboration. Mm. Um, it can't be take the whole thing and do it for me. And um, the clients that I had didn't want any part of it. And, um, you know, it was costing me money. And we were not getting the results because, I mean, I knew them intimately because I'd worked with them for years at this point, and I was their voice. They had no interest in being the voice. Wow. So I cultivated this voice for them out of nowhere. Right. And um, um, it was very hard to transition it over, and I was like, okay, I just feel like I'm putting, you know, a square peg in a round hole, and it's never going to work. So I, I went to the beach because the beach is my place where things just kind of fall into place. Yeah. And I realized I had to start over because I was never going to get these clients to fit into the new business model that I wanted. I was never going to get them to pay me the value, you know, you know, the equivalent of what I was bringing to them. So I just had to start again. It was really hard. I'm a single mom, you know, and I was making a nice living and I built this, you know, from nothing. And um, it was hard to shut it down and start over again. But I didn't really see any alternative. I just saw that it was going to be... Um, you know, it was going to turn into my job again. You know, it wasn't going to be the business that I loved. And um, I had to build my business around what made me happy. Otherwise, I might as well go back and get that job that's still there waiting for me eight years later. Right. <laughs> um, and um, um, so I, I did. I rebranded. I, I spent uh, like two days on Facebook with a friend of mine who's very creative. And we were going back and forth me coming up with names and searching domains to see if they're available, seeing if anybody else had it, seeing if it's available on social media. And her and I stayed on Facebook for like two days. We didn't sleep. And we, we just went back and forth and we found Social Stage PR. We, we, we made it up. Wow. <laughs> and um, I, had, I didn't have a lot of money because I was being very careful about what I was spending because I was firing my clients. Um, so I got a $49 logo, <laughs> and, um, you know, I just took it from there. And um, I went to an event a couple of weeks later, and I realized that that event, um, because part of what I want to do is, you know, my mission and, and what I do is to help women get out of difficult situations. 
Um, I was a single mom in a difficult situation, and I got myself out of that. My my mom was in a di- she was a single mom in a difficult situation. She got herself out of that, mm. and um, I, I was always wanting to tie that into my business and thinking that I was so many years away from knowing enough to be able to do that. And I was at an event uh, about two months after I rebranded, and I was up on stage as a success story. And um, I looked out into the audience, and it hit me like a lightning bolt that. I don't need to know all these things. I just need to teach these people how to know, how to do what I know. And I almost fell off of my feet. Wow. <laughs> um, and, and I left and I started to create my program. And I just brain dumped everything I know into this program. And now I teach people how to bring these um, very high-level SEO, social media management, and PR strategies into their businesses. And um, we're going into year three of the program, and it it works. Well, let's talk about that as far as what it really took for you to build out a program. I definitely noticed that you have your specific programs trademarked. They're buttoned up. It's a very specific, standardized program. What did it take for you to actually build that out? Oh, it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like birth of multiple. Um <laughs> And had I known what what it was going to take when I started, I probably never would have done it. But um, I uh, I brain dumped everything, and in a matter of six or eight weeks, I wrote the entire program and I built it out on all these pieced together systems, and I launched it. And the first person that bought it, the entire system blew up. Whoa. And then I had to buy <laughs> I had to buy Infusionsoft and like get everything rebuilt in Infusionsoft and it's expensive and it's you know just getting it built is expensive but I mean it's been amazing because I have created this community um, that I can't imagine not having this community in my life you know I go out and I find opportunities for them um, they're like my little village of social PR maidens and um, you know I'm just totally committed to their success. So uh, in this uh, in this new brain, of, sorry, go ahead. It was an enormous amount of work. So in this new sort of wave of brand, very quickly afterwards, you're realizing I got to build this program. What were you actually doing? Like, did you want to be kind of program heavy, or did you want to go out and sort of get clients one by one? Or is it sort of one and the same? Or are the people in the program? Is this part of an automated program that you have? Um, versus, like, clients that you work with one-on-one? I work with both. And, you know, I started it working with clients one-on-one because, you know, I just made this stuff up. I didn't know if it was going to work or not, and it did. I, I you know, as soon as I rebranded, I um, two people that I knew just hired me. They, they said, well, we, we've been waiting for you to do something. And um, and they hired me, and it was a little rough because I'd not done it before. But I took them through this whole process, and it changed their businesses. Wow. And um, then when I, when I created the program, they both signed up right away. And um, um, you know, it, the the program grew. I mean, I've got 150 people in there. Um, there are actually, 160. We just had some more sign up. Excellent. And, um, um, and it's, it's you know they they do the work you know it's an automated program it, you know everything is in videos and documents but there's a lot of support with it as well mm-hmm. and you know my team my team comes with it it's not just me I've got 
I've got high-level people on my team that, that help to SEO people and social media, PR, and, you know, I bring them all together. And I, I invest in, in high-level tools. Like if you went to a, a major PR firm, I use the same tools they use. Got it. So I bring all of these pieces together. And, um, you know, it, with, the, with the clients that I have, most of them are really small businesses. And the things that I bring to them are things that they never imagined. It never even occurred to them that they could have this. So when they learn how to build these strategies into their businesses, it changes the way they do everything because they have an entirely different view into what they do and how they can serve people. Mm. So it's interesting to me. I see social media and SEO and PR. Those are what I consider very high-touch um, businesses, meaning like – you it's not like you can build like, hey, use this PR system and then it's done. Like you are constantly having to kind of like, you know, be in touch with your clients, know what's going on. Even if you have, even if you're teaching them what's going on, there's, they still need to have access to you to kind of make sure it's all working well. You are using, you know, you're using your own people to be able to do that. How do you truly manage um, the team that you've built to be able to satisfy the needs of your client in this very high-touch industry? We do what we teach them to do. We listen to them. Mm. Because the most, the most valuable skill that you can have if you're going to interact with people online is to listen to what they're talking about, listen to what they're asking for, and listen to what they need. And I do the same thing. Um, and my team, we all work together to do the same thing with our clients. We listen to what they need. And, and we provide it to them. And we ask them. Um, we have a very active Facebook group. We have, um, you know, uh, open office hour calls. We bring in we bring in experts. We streamline everything for them. I mean, just with Twitter tools alone, there's got to be a thousand different Twitter tools you can choose from. We streamline it down and say, use these five. Got it. So you um, and and we, we we boil it down and we, we we empower them to bring this into their business. So they could, this very small business, we can now compete with a much larger business because they have the same, you know, the same strategic skill set as a larger business would. Mm. So how many people are on your team now? Five. And how? Five, five, five steady people and then we call other people in as we need them. Got it. What is your leadership style? Like how do you best manage those teams and what is your role in the team? Um, when I hire people, the first thing I ask them is what do they love to do and what do they hate to do? I don't want anybody on my team that isn't happy doing the work that they're doing because that carries through everything you do. Um, and when I started doing that, because I, I was hiring the wrong people for years, and once I started doing that, which was about a year and a half ago, I got this amazing team, and um, they're wonderful. So just right then and there, um, you set the tone that, you know, you know, you're working with me, I care about you. You're a human being, and I want you to be happy. And that changed everything. Um, and as far as managing it, we use a lot of tools. We use project management tools. We use Dropbox. We keep everything in um, organized, consistent, in an organized, consistent manner. Um, I have an online business manager that manages everything. So you know, she's she's the one that's managing all the processes and keeping people, you know, informed of what they need to do and keeping up on deadlines. So I don't really do any of that. Um, 
I, I do go back to my VA roots and I still churn out documents and, <laughs> and do things that, that I shouldn't be doing, but I'm really good at it. <laughs> and it sounds like you really and, like it. Um, uh, yeah, it's like, and, and, and really, I, I do the pieces that I like. I never like doing website work, so I, I do very, very little of that. Um, but what's good is that um, I do have the skill set to do that. And if anything breaks or anybody drops the ball, I can jump in there and do whatever I need to do in my business. Mm. Um, but, I mean, it's so nice to have a team um, that supports you and believes in your vision, believes in what you're doing, helps your clients. I get compliments all the time on my team. Um, they are so loved by my clients and by the people in my membership. Um, they send them presents. <laughs> that's great. That, that says a lot. <laughs> it does. It definitely and does. And we're virtual. We're all over. I mean, I haven't met um, two of the people on my team. Wow. Well, what practices do you have to help really build that internal team culture of like, here's, here's how we work, here's our team culture, and here's how we deal with clients, and here's what we're all about? What, what kind of actual practices do you have to really instill that? Well, we built out our, our standard operating procedures. So anytime we, we have something that's new, we make a process out of it, and we document it, and we share it. So um, you know, there's, there's not a question as to what needs to be done and who needs to handle it. And my online business manager, um, one of the things that I did when I hired this last round of, of, um, of team was I had people do personality assessments. And I was really clear on the, um, the characteristics that they needed for their role. And it was kind of easy for me to do because I was doing everything. <laughs> so right. I, I knew, I knew um, you know, what my personality was not a good fit for. <laughs> so, you know, like for, the, for my online business manager, I needed somebody that had a very different personality than me because I didn't want to do any of that. Right, right. And, um, and then I was able to, you know, from doing these, you know, conversations with the, with, with the people, um, also everybody came as a referral. I reached out to people that I knew, and and what it, we've just we just kind of gelled, and there is this mutual respect. Um, they care about my company. Um, they're not looking to you know um, start their own businesses off of my business. They all have their own businesses, and they're successful in their own right. Um, and it's just a really nice vibe. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the point where um, I'm hoping within the next year to grow to a point where I can have team retreats and we can get together once a year for a couple of days and really work on the strategy for the business and have fun and really get to know each other. Love but that. we genuinely care we, we care for each other as people. Um, and then, you know, as a team, we all care about the business. I really love that. Um, in your experience through all of these years, both, you know, in your VA experience, your social media manager experience, and definitely now, um, with Social Sage, what? How would you say that you would best manage client expectations? Because when you're dealing with clients one on one, I mean, you can get into some pretty hairy situations, especially in the social media space, and especially in PR, where you know the expectation is immediate results, immediate results, and that's. I mean, when you're talking social media and PR, it 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 can be a long term play. So, how do you manage expectations of the clients about what you're really going to deliver and what they can expect? Well, you really can't guarantee anything. Somebody's guaranteeing you specific PR placement 
or certain results with PR. They're just not being honest with you. Because, like, if my brother is the editor of the New York Times and he doesn't need your story, you're not getting in the New York Times. Right. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, you need to set the expectation that, um, you know, things happen. And then you can plan for all of these different things that you want to happen. But what happens with the work that I do is, surprises come and opportunities pop up just because you're in the right conversation. And that's how I craft um, a lot of the the discussion around expectation is that what we're doing is we're just, um, it's almost like a a concentrated um, effort to be in the right conversations. And what comes from that, I mean, like how do you determine what will come if you go to a networking event, you don't know what's going to come out of that. You could meet somebody. It can be a big bust, you know? Right. You just don't know. And this is like that. It's just, it's, it's, it's a concentrated way to build relationships. It's not about the numbers in social media. I'll never tell anybody, you know, you will, will grow your following by this amount or that amount um, because it doesn't mean anything. What, what means something is the engagement and the conversion. And the conversion comes from the engagement and the relationship building, not from how many people you have following you. Um, the story I shared about my hand model client, when we had that success, she had 350 Facebook fans and about 3,000 followers on Twitter. Wow. Um, but it was, what, it was what we did with those people. We really engaged with them. Um, so a lot of what I teach my clients to do, and, and that's the other part, too. Even when I work with clients privately, I don't just take everything from them. I help them build this into their business. I train them. I tap into all that corporate training experience that I have, and I train them and their teams and whoever, you know, whoever's going to be working you know, on these different strategies. I train them how to do this the right way. So it becomes part of their decision-making process. It really changes the culture of the company um, because you start to listen, and it's all based on, you know, picking up what people want. So if you start creating your copy, your products, your services, your website, if you start creating around what people are already asking for, what happens is the amount of money and time you spend on marketing decreases significantly. Um, people are just happy because you show up knowing what they want. It's like it's, it's all under the surface. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what happens quite often on social media is people will, will put something up there just to get it out of their head. And, you know, just so, you know, they can move on, do the next thing, go to sleep, do, you know, they just, it's, it, it, so they're like, oh, nobody's listening on Twitter. I'm just going to say this and get it out of my head. But if you're picking up those words and you're listening and you show up as a solution when they're expecting absolutely nothing, that's an incredibly powerful way to begin a relationship. I love that. That's really good. And I mean, you are such a huge advocate for doing exactly that, really listening on social media and, you know, I mean, I guess the way the way really is just to pay attention to what what people are saying, what they're asking for, what they're listening for. And you definitely talked about your hashtag strategy on how to be able to do that. Can you delve into that just a little bit? Because I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah, the hashtags really are key with this. And I'll just give you a quick overview of, of what we do. But your keywords, which um, are basically the words that people will type into search engines when they're looking for you, um, and usually not what you think they are. <laughs> right. um, um, those words are often your hashtags, and hashtags will denote conversations on social media. It's like that little campfire that you gather around 
and have a conversation. And when you can start conversing around these hashtags, you effectively shut off all the noise that's in social media. So, you know, now you may be, you know, conversing with 200 people versus conversing with 2 million people. And, and, and all on a topic that, you know, these 200 people are interested in. So right there, that scales down who's in that conversation. And, um, you know, when you're having that conversation now with these 200 people, these 200 people are connected to more people that are like them. So many of the people that they're connected to are also interested in the same conversation. So, you know, you don't know where these opportunities are going to come because you're out there in the public eye having this conversation about what you're an expert in. So you don't know who's going to see that. And um, um, what we do with the hashtags, once we identify the right hashtags and the right keywords, we start tracking them. And we have those conversations come to us through the social media tool. So this is where you can effectively manage your social media in 15, 20 minutes once or twice a day. Because you're going into your social media management tool and you're just looking at the streams of information that you want to come to you. That's Everything great. else gets shut off. And, and you can quit. I mean, you can do this on your phone, on your iPad, on your computer, and you just, you know, you, you interact. And you can't give that to somebody else to do for you. But, you know, we, we scale it down so it's so easy and it doesn't take a lot of time and it's of interest. It's not like, oh, I have to go into Facebook and upload these 63 images. Get somebody else to do that for you. Right. The part that you have to do as a business owner is the conversation and relationship building and owning your voice and your expertise. Everything else you give to somebody else to do. Mm. I love that. That's really, really good. Very, very smart to already be just to dig dig down uh, into those conversations and to really interact there. I really love that. Um, yeah. I, and you essentially create your own networking event. That's what you do. What did you say? You do what? You create your own networking event. I like that. Okay. I got that. Wow. And you can, you can uninvite people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as things move forward for you, where do you want to go? Like what's the big vision on what you want to continue building or, you know, what are you, are you going for something in particular right now? Well, I love teaching this or these strategies to the really small businesses and having them elevate the, the level of the work that they do. But I would really like to start bringing this into um, bigger companies, work with marketing directors, um, and go in and, and train, like, you know, not, I don't, not talking like giant corporation-sized companies, but a nice-sized small business with, you know, 20 employees or 30 employees and really teach them how to build this out into the structure of their business. Um, I had, you know, this is what I did for years when I worked in corporate. I was in charge of like multi-million dollar um, projects and, 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 you know, I was a change agent. I would bring um, new new um, technologies and new systems and new new ways of doing things into law firms. And I don't know if you know about law firms, but they don't like to change anything. No, no, not uh, at all. <laughs> if, if 1920... Why doesn't it work now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would love to be able to really show these small businesses how they can bring these strategies into their businesses and compete on a much larger scale than, um, than they think that they're able to. Mm, I love that. And then you can, I mean, you can really see your impact on a, on a larger scale. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, 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 it's incredible to watch. I, I get such joy from watching my clients and their successes. Mm. So I want to go ahead and transition into the Favorites 5 segment. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I would like to know what is one of your favorite business tools? You mentioned a couple of them, but what is one of the favorite tools that you use and maybe one that's a little off the beaten path that really makes your life a lot easier? Oh, okay. I've got one that probably nobody has heard of. It's called hashtagify.me. And I'll spell it. um, H-A-S-H-T-A-G-I-F-Y dot me, and it's a hashtag analysis tool. Ah, so it'll give you all the analytics? Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll help you figure out which hashtags to use, and it's free. Very cool. Ooh, I like that. I definitely have not heard of that one before. Um, it's really good. I actually, I did a blog post on how to use it. So mm-hmm. if you go to my website, um, social stage PR and search for hashtag if I got me, um, just call off that blog post and it'll walk you through exactly how to use it. Nice. I'll go ahead and put that link in the show notes as well. So you guys can just click on that. Um, all right. How about your favorite business book? Ooh, there's so many. <laughs> I am going to say return on relationship by, um, Ted Rubin. What is that all about? Um, it's all about building relationships online. Got it. Um, okay, number three. How about out of all of the social media platforms that you are on and that you help your clients with, what is your favorite personally to use? Twitter. Nice. You know, I just, I was like anti-Twitter for the longest time. I'm like a huge Facebook person. And then I finally, I think like, I don't know, maybe like nine months ago or something like that, finally started actively like using my Twitter account and it's really fun. <laughs> it's, it's really but you know what I love about Twitter is people will say things on Twitter that they won't say anywhere else. <laughs> That's very true. That's very, very true. And you brought you said that before. It's because they don't think people are listening because it's so noisy out there. They don't think people are listening. Wow. All right. Um, number four, where is you mentioned that you love beaches. Where is your favorite beach to go to? Well, there are so many wonderful beaches I've been to, but your husband will appreciate this statement. Long Beach, Long Island, New York is probably my favorite beach. Really? Yeah. Nice. Okay. And last question is, um, what is your favorite food? Sushi. Nice. Any particular kind? Um, nope. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring the big boat over. I don't care. <laughs> Now, here's the important. If it was one state, I, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> here's the important question: lots of soy sauce or no soy sauce? Um, a little. A little. Uh, see, I'm like the lot. Like I dump the darn thing in the soy sauce. I love it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, Donna, I really want to thank you so much for being here. It was a lot of fun. And I, I just so appreciate you sharing so much about your journey and about your wisdom in business. It's been a, a total honor. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And I, I love to share the journey because, um, you know, it's, that's, that's part of it. I mean, it, you know, it's never perfect. It's never without bumps. But it's so much better. Like I, I like to say that the worst day of being an entrepreneur is better than the best day working in a law firm. Yep. <laughs> and you know that firsthand. <laughs> I know that firsthand. <laughs> I love it. 
Rock.com forward slash 129 is where you will find this conversation. Definitely go there so that you can link directly to Donna's website and check her out. Check her program out. Um, wow. I, I, you know, I so love engaging with people who really deal with social media because it's so it's such a powerful force in the biz women rock community that I love learning new things. And um, and it, I'm always a big believer if you could take away just one little thing and implement just one little thing, because um, there's a lot in this that was in this conversation. But if you can implement just one little thing. And for me, that was the idea of hashtag and using that to really drill down to the community that you want to, to be around and that you want to engage with, you want to communicate with, um, and who is a perfect audience for you. I really love that. So um, you could use that on no matter what platform you really love, except for LinkedIn, obviously. But um, I just really love that. So that was my biggest takeaway. I hope you got something. And once again, just implementing one little thing in your business and seeing how it goes and continuing to move the business forward. And then let me know how it goes because that's what I love to hear. All right. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.